back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast, To Be Named Later. I am Noah Hiles. He is... Alex Stump. And Alex, everyone's hurt. Well, I mean, I'm not yet. No? Well, I mean, you should not have said that because you're just a rather fragile person. You know, my UCL's been acting up ever since I said that. Yeah, you know, you and uh, pretty much everyone else who's been around a baseball uh, this, this, uh, this year, it is... It is the year that has been very generous to injuries. If you haven't heard, pitchers are being injured at an alarmingly high rate. There was a stat tweeted out. Do you want to pull up who tweeted that out? Yeah. yeah. I sent it. It was very. It went pretty viral on Twitter earlier in the week. I think it was on Monday. Uh, it was tweeted out. And, uh, yeah, found it. It's from uh, Alden Gonzalez. Alden Gonzalez tweeted it. Who, and, who said that there well, have been 56 pitchers on the IL already this season. And yes. actually, that number's increased because that didn't take Joe Musgrove into account. Correct. So we're getting closer and closer to 60. Uh, through the, But just take those first 18 days of the season. Yes. 56 through the first 18 days. In 2019, 24 pitchers were placed on the injured list. In 2018. 18, 19 pitchers were on the injured list. And those are for non-COVID injuries. Yes. So it's just, it's an epidemic. Yeah, and you I mean, you're seeing it, I mean, this is more than double, this number. And with Musgrove yeah. making it 57, and there's probably even more that we haven't seen. And um, it makes you kind of wonder what the heck's going on. But at the same time, it makes sense because these guys were all rushed back into action and they're trying to reach midseason form without really being properly stretched out. Yeah, I mean, this is not that big a surprise because they went through the whole off season, and then they did spring training and then they had to stop. And while, you know, the Pirates in particular, you know, they wanted to make sure that their pitchers kept going throughout this entire time. They never wanted them to actually stop. It's better to go at a crawl than it is to stop. It's not the same. Like Trevor Williams, you know, in the past has talked about, you know, I I would get, you know, my hips adjusted. I would get, you know, a massage, and I can't do stuff like that in between times that I threw. Like, let's not even take into consideration that these aren't competitive pitches that I'm throwing right now. I don't have my routine going through. I don't have the access to the same facilities that I do. I don't have the same access to other amenities. It's completely different. And with that short ramp-up time, we're seeing what's happening right now. Like, look, let's just say, for example, if everyone was theoretically healthy coming into this season, the Pirates are down Jamison Tyon, Chris Archer, Joe Musgrove, and Mitch Keller. That is quite possibly their top four of the rotation. That is their top four. The only other person is Trevor, Trevor Williams. Williams. Yes. yes. And, and Trevor would probably be ahead of, like, Mitch, but that would be about it out of mm -hmm. the – Yeah. I mean, it is it is bad right now. Yeah, and Trevor actually talked about this yes. earlier in the week. He talked about this on Tuesday uh, during the media briefing, and he said, basically, this is what happens when you have a quick startup time like this. Let's hear what he had to say. Pitching is an inherent risk. Um, your body's not supposed to do certain movements. Um, some people are just are lucky um, that they're not injury prone. Some some people it's just it's genetics. I, it, I'm just I'm I'm doing the, everything that I can to stay as healthy as possible. Um, but sometimes 
shit happens. And, and they're in an unfortunate circumstance with, with our guy, with, with Bergie going down is you just, your heart breaks for, for him. And um, we knew coming in that this was going to be a year of adversity. Um, like I said, ramping up and then getting shut down and ramping up again in a, in an environment where you're not used to, to ramping up some more to, um, for what, like in the Cardinals sake, like for what, for four starts, five starts, it's hard to look short-term um, without looking at the long-term effects of, of what a season like this can do. I, I imagine we're going to see a spike in injuries this year and the following year, um, especially for, for inning climbs. Um, I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to see any guys going 180 plus innings next year after an abbreviated season like this. But then again, that's that's questions for the future, and when we'll see that when we get there. Right now, I've got to focus on pitching against the Reds on Thursday, and um, and just and going from there and preparing to the best of my abilities and making sure my body's right. And it makes sense. I mean, the thing that stuck out to me from what we just played there more than anything was the human body's meant to do certain things, but the the motion of throwing a ball is so unnatural. I, I, this was pointed out to me when I was actually working in minor league baseball. I used I used to be the game host for the Mahoning Valley Scrappers, the short season single A team uh, for the oh, Cleveland Indians. I was going to yes. say, which affiliate? Yes. Uh, so when I was there, the the half season of the half season team that was there, um, they had a ambidextrous pitcher. He did not make it to the major leagues, but he threw righty and lefty. And I remember I was talking to his dad and, like, asking him, I'm like, what's the rest process like? Like, can he just go righty one day and lefty one another day? And he's like, you don't really recognize how taxing throwing a baseball is on the rest of your body until you're doing it with both arms. Because when you're throwing, you're using your back muscles, you're using your legs, you're using your obliques, you know, your, your sides and everything. Like Trevor said, he gets his hips hips adjusted but your body's conditioned to adjust to one arm doing that when it's taking double it's even more taxing and that's where he kind of introduced the concept of throwing is not a natural motion that's why so few of us can throw as hard as these guys in the major leagues do and then when you consider that they're snapping their wrists for breaking balls and they're they're holding it with different grips some of them have different release points and and some of them are going with a three-fourths or maybe a submarine or a sidearm or something like that it's all different and it's all the body's not meant to handle it and you could you could be that person that says well I remember the days when someone would throw 150 innings and, or 150 pitches and, and go nine innings every day. It's like, well, they weren't throwing as hard as they were as or as hard as they are now, and they're not throwing as nasty as they are now. Maybe there are outliers. Nolan Ryan definitely brought the heat. But the average pitcher back then wasn't lighting up the radar gun like, I don't know, someone average like Chad Cool or somebody is now. Yeah, I mean, back then, people were throwing 78-mile-per-hour heat to 140-pound shortstops. It's not the same game no. anymore. It just flat-out isn't. Uh, something else. First of all, I'm just going to plug uh, Jeff Passan's terrific book, The Arm, which goes into a lot of this. 
that Trevor's talked about that other people have talked about just about like what happens to arms in general, especially Tommy John surgery. But going back to a point that you said, like you'd be surprised. I think a lot of people who never really played or coached would be surprised how many arm injuries are because of something that's going wrong with the lower body. No. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, the, either it's... the stride or something in the delivery is wrong, and that puts the extra pressure. On yeah, your you're overcompensating. Or on your elbow. Yes. It's 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 no different than if you're a basketball player, and late in the game, it's harder to shoot a jump shot in basketball because your legs are tired, mm-hmm. and and you're not you're supposed to use your legs to push off on a jump shot, and now you see guys they're they're using fadeaways because that's more arm, and. It's no different where if you're if you have a leg problem, you're going to overcompensate and you're going to try to throw it with too much arm and that's when you get the elbow issues. That's when you, you know, start messing up some ligaments and everything and that's when it can get bad. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. And in the Pirates case, I mean, you know, there are a lot of it was a long process off. And while you know, the Pirates made sure, like, hey, you know, send us a video of you throwing. We want to see everything that you got going on right now. Upper body, lower body, we want to see all that. It just takes something small, something that might not even be, you know, able to be seen through a video for something like this to happen. The season basically was asking for a bunch of pitcher injuries. And Trevor has said, you know, a couple times now, like, Guys, I don't think this is going to be limited to 2020 either, because no. these are guys who haven't, who aren't going to throw a whole lot of innings, and now next year it's going to be like, okay, you got to throw 180, 120, and then. it's on, it's and it's on a different schedule. You know, you you, yeah. you can't just having this quick startup would require probably a little bit extra rest, where that's not going to happen now. I mean, you're going to get the normal rest time that you would get. For a normal season, but you're putting in all this work in such a short time period. I mean, there's going to be double headers. As more games get canceled, you're going to see more crazy things happening. And the Pirates are doing their best to limit use. But what happened with Derek Holland last weekend, it's not going to be the last time that happens. Where, look, man, we got we got two double headers next week. You're going to have to go a hundred plus. Stuff like that. And that that's going to lead to problems. And, yeah, he mentioned that in the clip we just played, and it's a very good point that this is going to be something that the Pirates need to be cognizant of and they need to be cautious about because, I mean, you look now, Kyle Crick, he's throwing again, but he's still on the I.L. Feliz, out for the season. Nick Birdie, out for the season. Clay Holmes, all but officially out for the out, season. Yeah, and we don't really know anything much about – do we know anything more about Mitch Keller? Mitch is going to throw catch in a couple days. Okay. Which, I mean, let's just be real here with, like, a timeline here. If he's going to throw catch in three to four days now, whenever this airs, and he's going to need, at the bare, bare minimum, one bullpen, probably two, at least. Like, we're talking, you know, a couple turns through the rotation that he missed. Mm-hmm. You know, best case scenario. I mean, it could be very well he doesn't pitch till September. Yeah. So... With that being said, what the heck are they going to do with the starting rotation? They don't have a lot of options right now. As as Alex eloquently put it, their top four starting pitchers are pretty much out right now. Or four of their top five coming into the year. 
So, is it time to break up the piggyback gang? We discuss that when we come back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Segment two of the show, Alex. The Pirates have a starting pitching problem. I feel really? Like we, we, we've actually we've said that many times uh, throughout our podcast tenure together, but it's a different problem now. They just don't have anybody. They You look around right now, and as the rotation is currently structured, they have four guys who can start games. At, right? the, at the moment, more or less. Yeah. I mean, there's Trevor Williams. And there's... Derek Holland. Derek Holland. Those two guys are are actually starters. starters. Yeah. Designed to go six, seven innings. Ideally more. After that, we have a lot of guys who just don't seem stretched out, you know, to full starter thing. I mean, Chad Cool seems to be the furthest along. We've seen him go, like, out for a fourth inning a couple times... Like, that seems to be, like, a good floor for him. Maybe they can push him to a fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, JT Brubaker seems to be in that three to four inning range. Steven Brault seems to be at about three innings. It kind of raises the question, though. And people can read this now on the site. Is it is it time to maybe break up the piggyback of Chad Cole and Steven Brault? I mean, I... I... I don't think you have a choice. You can't, you can't, the piggyback works. I'm a huge fan of that idea. And it's been their most consistent and successful start. Yeah. Out of anybody in the rotation. It works when there's A, an extended roster is the best time to do it. When there's more people, that way you're not burning multiple arms early on. And it also works when you're not just strapped for people. And you can't be wasting guys who are capable of, if they're each going to go two, three innings, you need to delegate those innings accordingly. You can't just be wasting them all in one game. Unless if you're going to look at one game where, A, you're going to be punting and just be like, hey, Del Pozo, you're back. (laughs) You're going nine. Uh, you could do that. I wouldn't recommend that. That would be tough to watch. Um, do you think Miguel Del Pozo could record 27 outs in a baseball game? Could? Yes. No. No, I do not think that he could. Yeah, like I think the game would just go on forever. Yes. Um, <laughs> like, I mean. He would eventually I mean, just I, get that, hurt. That, that's not even, you know, a knock on Miguel Del Pozo. I don't think any relief pitcher can record. 27 outs unless you know it's somebody who just went into the bullpen and was a starter and stuff like that but yeah Deposo especially cannot yeah that's fair um or you just have a bullpen game but they would be kind of doing that anyway with this piggybacking stuff yeah so I, I think you have to just start Stephen Brault and say look we need four from you now you have to start Chad Cool and say look we need five from you now 
JT, you got to ask everybody to go a little bit longer than they're comfortable going because the the bullpen's going to be getting used a lot. I'm going to disagree with that because, I mean, the first segment was the, you know, here's everyone. Everyone's arms falling off. Yes, yeah, so I, I do not need Chad Cool's arm to fall off again. But I think breaking up the piggyback, the complaint with the piggyback more than anything seems to be that you are so penciled in to how the game is going to go in this scenario. And, okay, Stephen Brault was only stretched out to go three innings, that start that he had in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I don't care. Nobody cares, really, that he had a perfect game going. It was just tough. He's not going to go out there for a fourth inning. That's just how it is. But it also forces Chad Cole to prepare differently. You know, it, how he prepares in his game. And quite frankly, it just takes two spots from the pitching staff into one role. And, yeah, maybe those two guys can combine and they could give you seven or so innings. But what if they don't? What happens whenever Chad Cool has, you know, the finger laceration or the cuticle or whatever the actual terminology was and he's pulled out and you have to go to the bullpen anyway? What happens if Stephen Brault just absolutely gets rocked, you know, in those first couple innings and now you're sending Chad Cool out there and his outing is going to be more or less wasted. And I think that is the big thing right now. Here are two guys who can go at least three or four innings in a start. You know, get through that lineup once, one and a half times. You kind of have to go with that mm-hmm. right now with the way the rest of the rotation and bullpen is set up. You can't have two guys be put together into maybe getting seven whenever you don't know where you're going to get the outs the next day. Alternative point, do you think they could just make a piggyback schedule for everyone? I don't think you can, I, unless uh, – I think this but, is going to sound like I'm picking on a guy like Brandon Waddell, and it's kind of because I am picking on a guy like, like Brandon, Brandon Waddell, Waddell because he was, he was at home a week ago, mm-hmm. and then he was promoted to the major league roster more or less than we just need innings. And, you know, you're going to need that guy if you do, you know, really elaborate piggybacks or, you know, scheduling out how your relievers are going to go. You're going to just need that guy of, you know, stuff just hit the fan, man. You're going out there. Good luck. Sorry, I don't care how many runs you give up in this game. You've got to close it out for us. And I, I don't think that's an effective use of a roster spot either. Because at that point, you're basically playing with the 28-man roster. One of them is... You know, you know, two guys are sharing one in their rotation spot, and then someone else is basically there to just take the grunt of everything else. I that's not, I think, effective roster construction. Speaking of roster construction, the Pirates have made some uh, some moves, adding a few arms since their last day of competition. They add Henderson Alvarez, mm-hmm. and. Tuesday, they add Nick Turpano. You can totally tell you're not reading off that name right now. I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm going to have to read his name just because I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I, I don't either. Yeah. I mean, both of them are going to be going to Altoona. Yeah. So how, how early do you think – what do you know about these guys, Alex, and, and how early can we expect to see them? I mean, Henderson Alvarez, he threw no-hitter back in 2013, I think he was. You know who also did? Who? Jonathan Sanchez. That's right. Yep. Your buddy. 
Jonathan Sanchez, who's now made it in two straight episodes, I think. Oh, we're going to see how long we can keep that streak going. That is a batting streak worth keeping going. Yeah. Um, More wins or higher number. Pirates wins. Jonathan Sanchez Sanchez references on this podcast. With you, I'm going to go with Jonathan Sanchez. Yeah, don't ever count me out, baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but he was an all-star in 2014, but then a lot of shoulder problems and he's barely pitched in the major since then. He got a little look at triple a last year. Didn't exactly look good. He was apparently hitting like 97, 98 though in, in this independent league. I, I, I don't know exactly what the pirates are getting here, but more or less, here's a guy who, if he could truly hit, you know, upper nineties with his fastball, you know, he had a decent breaking pitch back in the day. Maybe they've got a relief pitcher. I, I I don't really expect that much from them, though. It's a complete lottery pick that they're only going with because of how many pitcher injuries that they have right now. I, I It might not be a horrible, you know, lottery, you know, pick, but that's just all it is. As for the guy they got from the Yankees, uh, low 90s, mixes in a curveball. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what exactly to say. He's been a starter pretty much his whole career. So maybe the Pirates are looking at this guy as still a starter option right now. Just, you know, as like extreme insurance policy because Ben Charrington has made a point that he really doesn't want to call up, you know, a lot of starting pitchers into camp because the people that they go want to put in the camp are people that they would feel confident, you know, actually using. You know, going for how many and more they people are there? Or how many of those people are still available, though? There aren't a whole lot. That's why they're looking at this guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is because like they don't want to start calling him up. Sometimes you just need people to get involved. I think that's the last case, worst case scenario, though. Because well, they how don't far wanna... away are we from worst case scenario, Alex? We're, we're th- not they're quite. Th- we're they're not quite at like Miami Marlins, where it's like, hey, they we've got to start someone from a ball. Let's get a speed year. skater and an a ball guy. Yeah. Here we go. But I mean, like, we did have like, people pitching an A ball last year on the mound. We did see that with uh, Mears. He was pitching an A ball last season, and he pitched this past weekend in the major leagues. Yeah, there is a big difference though between a relief pitcher and a starting pitcher who pitched, you know, most year, most of last year in A ball, and a relief pitcher. Like Mears' fastball is is good enough to be major league right now. No, yeah, you're right. He it, was hitting it, like 97. Yeah, it's it's just you know getting the control and getting better you know consistency. With I the was just stuff. you know giving you that good good podcast banter, that old fashioned yeah. back and forth. <laughs> but just a couple know, of buddies. No, because razzing I, each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right, make your point. The point I hear a lot of people say like, why don't you bring up the kids? And it, it's a fair question. The big thing is, though, like someone like Cody Bolton, who is one of the better starting pitcher prospects in the system, one of only a handful of starting pitcher prospects in the system that I really look at is like, that is a major league starter. Maybe not an ace, but that's a guy that, you know, I could see being in almost everyone's major league rotation. Why isn't he getting called up? Well, he's not quite ready yet. And looking past, you know, things like consistency and, you know, confidence and stuff like that. He would have to be added to the roster. You're eating into service time. You're eating into years of control. You're eating into, most, maybe most importantly, option years that you have with the guy. There are a lot of, there's a lot of stuff like that that really isn't being taken into consideration by a lot of people, but the front office is right now. They've got some tough decisions to make. Oh, yeah. And you know what? At some point this year, they're probably going to have to push comes to shove 
<laughs> get a you know a, 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 someone like Cody Bolton up to the majors. Like, hey kid, we got to push right now. It, it's time for you to show up. We'll see what they do. That's gonna wrap up today's show. When we come back, our next show, we will be previewing Major League Baseball once again. It's been it's been a long three days, Alex. We've learned a lot about each other. We've talked about report cards, Jonathan Sanchez, multiple times. Yep. And do you get a nickel every time you say his name? I, I should. That's actually in my contract. Okay. Uh, it was build the podcast network, help Alex write about the Pirates, and uh, highlight Jonathan Sanchez's distinguished career here on the North Shore. What an interesting performance, you know, boost. Incentive. Yeah, yeah. That's I come with some weird demands. Okay. All right. Be sure to hit that subscribe to all the automatic download to DK Sports Radio. We work hard to give you the best content we possibly can. I think it's pretty damn good. Alex has other thoughts. We're not going to even ask him about those. Just kidding. He loves it too. Uh, Be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms and be sure to stay tuned for our episode, which will be coming out tomorrow. We'll talk to you then.